0: For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm.
1: Hey friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. It's your girl Josie. As always, as per usual, and today we're joined by my new real life friend in the real world off the internet, Savannah Thomas. Hi, Savannah. Hi,
0: Josie. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for wanting to be on the podcast. It's funny because oh, we met at church um, and surprisingly, none of these bitches at church want to be on the podcast. <laughs> oh. To be fair, I haven't asked anybody. Oh. But maybe this is just I I would I would want to be on somebody's podcast if I knew. Well, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's just my own confidence. And I'm interesting enough to be on a podcast. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's if you think you're interesting enough, then you're going to reach into your life and pull out the interesting stuff.
1: Yeah. Or at least like my story is fucked up enough to
0: have a conversation (laughs) about it we can cry over it so there you go exactly
1: <laughs> all right well savannah tell it's us it. all about your life story your testimony how you ended up at a fucking gay-ass church our cool progressive hippie dippy 420 church <laughs> that's the address friends but also a lot of weed <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> well wow. yeah that's where do I start? Um, so, I guess I should start by saying I grew up primarily evangelical, although there are um, have been fundamental aspects of, like, my parents' religion because they actually came out of Bill Gothard. Um, Yikes. Those who, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, they... They kind of moved out of Bill Gothard. Like, they didn't eventually like the dress code. You know, Dad wanted Mom to wear pants, you know. Oh, how
1: progressive of him. (laughs) I know. We love that. He
0: did just tell me in August that my jeans were too tight and we're going to make guys think stuff. But, you know, I am still wearing the same
1: jeans. Never mind. Anyway.
0: (laughs) Sorry, yeah, that's... Anyway. um, (laughs) So, one thing that they really did hold on to was the whole authority bit. You know, Mm. the umbrella of authority. So... That was fun, but um, yeah. Just they always like told us, like me and my two sisters, like how um, just like how lucky we were to grow up so sheltered because they chose to homeschool us like whole way through, and just like how we had it so much better than they did. Although Dad was homeschooled most of the way through, and um yeah so i grew up kind of like i was smart i'm just gonna say it. smart smart kid smart person but i was pretty oblivious pretty just sheltered and just like okay i didn't have the talk until i was 12 and a half, okay and it
1: i mean i don't have life. the talk at all so god bless your parents my parents never oh. told me and i learned in middle school yeah anyways
0: <laughs> you're
1: like i've heard it yeah. all dad <laughs>
0: Like I already got it, but no, I hadn't had it because I mean I was home, so twelve and a half when I when I got it. I was like, oh, okay. But um, yeah. Do you like want to ask me more specific questions because, like, my life story is such a broad thing, and I can probably sit here and just grab at stuff all afternoon.
1: Oh, absolutely. I get you. It's a it's a whirlwind, and you like not to out you, but you are young, so it feels you're still in the process of. Compiling information, I believe. And so, yes. yeah, questions are, believe me, I've had a lot of questions to get to where I am today, which is not very far. So, <laughs> less debatable.
0: Oh, but,
1: yeah. oh thanks. Um, so, okay. tell me now, let's start with now because it's the most recent. How is your family life now? I mean, I know you still live at home. So, what is that dynamic like?
0: Well, um better than it was like over this past summer and early fall because I learned how to be something called assertive so hell yeah it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. so um I kind of got to a point in deconstructing where I just kind of had to tell my parents that you know I don't believe in hell anymore that if like I kind of gave the impression like I didn't care what the bible said because at that moment I didn't care (laughs) I don't care. I know. know. And because what happened is I ended up at an Episcopalian church when I meant to go to an Anglican church, but I ended up there and I was like, oh, whatever. And they're affirming. So it started a whole conversation. And I finally had it. It was just like, I don't care, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think that was just kind of like where my parents were just like, oh, she, she doesn't hold the Bible with the, you know, like she doesn't hold it to the authority. We can't you know, we just got to love her kind of thing. So it's pretty chill, pretty peaceful. And just like examples of how I've become more assertive than like as a child would like, would be where, so my family, they go to different churches than me, obviously, but it's my old church and that church has a live stream for night church. And we all would listen, even after I'd left, you know. And last couple Sundays, I decided I don't want to listen to shit anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh huh. So, uh, not this past Sunday, but before I was, I just left after I, you know, had dinner and then went to do school. And my dad's, you know, he comes and he's like, "Are you gonna come back out?" And I'm like, "No, I'm doing school." And he's like, "Oh, okay." This Sunday, I'm gonna take a shower. So I'm like, "Guys, you want bathroom before I shower?" Because you know, we're we like have one bathroom basically. Well, sort of, that's a long story. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. and dad's like, you're not going to listen to the message. And I'm like, no, I'm going to shower. And like, I know that's not supposed to be a big deal. But I grew up having to please everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, like I got like, I, like I, the message to me was you can't be assertive. And if you are, if you stick up for yourself, you stick up for your sisters you're basically kind of going to be punished more or less so Mm -hmm. like just to be able to say no unapologetically is pretty like it's pretty powerful for me you know so things are pretty good at home I still like get scared of like conflict Mm because not my favorite thing but a part an evil part of me likes it but the bigger part of me is like huh
1: it so, is not evil to like conflict, I mean to tell you, because if it is, I am the devil. Okay. No, <laughs> well, you don't scare me, so I'm
0: like, you're probably yeah. not the
1: devil. I think, yeah, probably. being comfortable with com I think that little voice in your head is like, it's okay. You can you it's okay. So it's not yeah, the bad part of you. It. It's a good part. It's the best part if you ask me. <laughs> well,
0: it's the only part of me that ever got anything done, so
1: Yeah. You
0: know, but Yeah, it's just, I guess, home life. Like, I'd rather not be there because I want to be out on my own, you know. I want to be, yeah. But, you know, being there and just seeing how much different I am and just my relationships with my family are, it's kind of victorious for me and just empowering and. Kind of healing because, like, I can say hands down, the person who has hurt me the most in my life is for sure my dad. I would even say it's on. I I consider it to be an abusive level, and he can't. He doesn't anymore. He doesn't emotionally manipulate me or anything anymore because I just dug my heels in over this past, I don't know, six months, and basically did what I wanted to do. Mm. So it's yeah. I think that's great
1: i mean we people i get annoyed because in my culture and in my background religiously um it was always like you have to honor your father and mother which means that you have to obey them unconditionally and you always have to listen to them and the older you get and the more of an adult you become you realize oh honoring your parents is not just doing whatever the fuck they say it's putting them in a position to not be able to hurt you and that's what you did with your dad because you shared the same religion and so he was abusing you i have no qualms with saying that parents are abusive i'll go fuck okay my parents were abusive and i tell them to their face okay um so but you took him out of that position because i mean he was smart enough and had enough empathy to realize oh she doesn't believe the same thing that i do so how am i supposed to use it against her? Precisely. Yeah, uh, I mean, but, I commend you. You're doing the work. You're you're healing the generational trauma.
0: Yeah, it's exhausting. But yeah, yeah, it
1: sucks. It's <laughs> why the fuck does it have to be me? That's very much. Precisely. Yeah. I was yeah.
0: like, why me? I'm just like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I just gotta write your mantras and keep going because you know. Yeah. I actually got released from therapy last week, so I was like in 13 weeks of one-on-one therapy, and we got to a point where. She was like, do you need to come back? Like, you seem solid. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. So yeah, kind of got let go from that. So that was a milestone.
1: Yeah. I mean, go back whenever you need to. I, I've been in therapy for 20 fucking years. and
0: <laughs> Wait, 20? But you're
1: 28. You've been in there since you were eight years old? Yes, I
0: have. <laughs> I did, yeah. you don't be very comfortable there.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, I still hate going to, because th- I do couples therapy now with, Uh, ryan and it's i mean we do like we have like an individual and a collective approach because my mommy issues kind of get in the way of my life but yeah yeah, i still i hate every time before i was like i don't want to go i don't want to do this and i think part of it is because i'm just like i don't want to fight i don't want to argue i don't want to rehash um but then it ends up being fine obviously except when ryan doesn't say the right things and I get super upset. But, you know, that's my own cross to bear. That's my own bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, 20 years so I've done it.
0: So your parents like believed in therapy?
1: Oh my gosh. I don't even know if I've told this story in the podcast, but I'll tell you cuz it's funny. So, okay. my dad, my parents were undocumented and my dad went through like 20 years of trying to get his papers and or his green card for people that aren't familiar. <laughs> with papers <laughs> his green card and it wasn't working for the longest time because my dad had gone back and forth via coyote um which is the person that smuggles you across the border <laughs> because he wanted to see his mom it and it was hard. so much easier it, yeah it was such bullshit back then you could just literally walk over the board it was whatever um so it was difficult for him but he had been paying taxes and doing all that stuff so he was a good citizen um but yeah, all growing up, my my sister and I, we had to like send a report card to the judge and like be good kids, we can never get in trouble. And then at one point, lawyer had the lawyer had seen success with children who needed medical attention that they couldn't get in Mexico, um, and they all basically were like, "Well, Josie's kind of fucked up. We should just send her to therapy and say that she can't go to Mexico because she won't receive um, therapy in Mexico." <laughs> Uh, And that shit worked, okay? So, no shade to my dad. Uh, It was only traumatic because my siblings would be like, Haha, you're crazy. And my mom would do nothing to stop it. They thought it was funny. And I was like, "Uh, I'm not crazy. I'm just eccentric. Oh, yeah.
0: Eccentric's kind of
1: cool, though. I mean, I'm fucking crazy, but it's fine. Um, I was diagnosed with OCD and depression at seven. So, yeah, I was probably a little crazy. And I was too smart, right? Like you were saying, like I was just too smart of a kid for them to know what to do with. Um, yeah, it, it, it's an especially when you're a little girl in evangelicalism that has a little bit of funding thrown in there. It's like, bitch, shut up! You're not supposed to be talking right now. <laughs> and and yeah, like, that's what I do. I know why. my dad's like, your favorite question was why, 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 why? And it's uh, still, still my favorite question. So yeah, that's why I started therapy so young, and both a blessing and a curse. Um, really fucked up my family dynamic, but my brain is solid. Okay, I know. I mean, no, it's not, but I know what's happening. At least, I still have OCD and depression.
0: <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think they go away, but, but oh, that's they interesting. Don't, yeah. That, uh, but that's interesting. They let you because I was always taught that, like therapy or psychologist that it's going to be worldly you know bullshit well they don't cuss but you know worldly yeah. stuff and like it was going to mess us up and so like my parents don't even know obviously I went to therapy yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, I wish they would have bought me therapy because I had anxiety over salvation since 7 mm. and I I didn't say anything till 10 because I put the lid on things and I, you know, eventually opened up to my mom, like, I'm scared. I'm not really Christian. So I don't want to go to hell. And honestly, that was pursued by like two years of just anxiety over that. And just like, I was having anxiety, like I was a mess. And like, they never got me any outside help. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, Bible verse band-aids, like my, I, my life is too easy. That's why I have anxiety or I'm worrying. so. Yeah, been, Yeah, my I have it too easy, so I just have to worry. Yeah, and by, by the time I was twelve, I just was embarrassed about myself, and so I locked it down and I stopped expressing anxiety and, like, definitely a part of me died. I feel mm-hmm. like by the time I was twelve. So yeah, I'm obviously a super big advocate. Not that I do anything, but like I would advocate for mental health and like therapy, and also having your kids, oh, your butt fell out. Anyway, having your kids like assess because, like, like my sisters, we strongly suspect they have dyslexia, and like one of them a learning disability, and they're all homeschooled, never assessed, oh and they my
1: just, God.
0: Home and yeah, and home, like they tell us how easy we have it because you know the homeschooled and i actually wanted to go to school as a kid and then i'm in trouble because i keep wanting to say i want to go to school and my dad's like yelling at me mm-hmm. he needs to go to therapy needs therapy so bad mm-hmm. anyway i'll go to his mom but anyway um what was i saying yes homeschooling like i i hate homeschooling but i'm not someone who would say homeschooling should be illegal. It just really, really needs to be monitored. And I know because
1: Yeah, there's time in a place.
0: Yeah. But um being homeschooled was kind of just an opportunity to get abused because my dad had this method of doing math where we do five lessons, go over five lesson concepts in one day on his day off. And we're supposed to understand it all. And if we're not understanding it, If we're holding him to what he said before, at least that's how I remember it, we're being difficult. And so, like many math lessons, you just end in tears because dad's yelling at you.
1: And math is so hard.
0: I know. And he he used Saxon math. Okay. Any homeschoolers out there, everyone knows Saxon math is the worst, except my dad. Mm. It's not the worst to him. But Mm. yeah, I just, yeah, I don't like homeschooling. But yeah, it just, it just, You know, it's ironic, like, how we were just taught how protected we were, you know, from bullies or whatever, and I'm just like, it's so funny, because I'm like, okay, I wasn't being bullied at school, but I was 100% bullied at home by my dad, Mm -hmm. and he always, he's, you know, kind of macho, he's like, you know, he'll always protect us, and I'm like, be well from everyone but yourself. Amen. So, I'm just like, yeah.
1: Sounds like your dad and I need to have a little conversation, I'm just kidding. (laughs) your vibe i'm your dad i'll be ready to fight at all times okay (laughs) but i
0: yeah
1: verbally physically (laughs) don't touch me
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you already know scrappy you already were like
1: (laughs) yeah 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 no that's so i hate homeschooling i yeah
0: we're so isolated like we lived in turkey 10 years and even when we moved back here we had a church like once a week we'd go to church but like so isolated like i couldn't get no access to mental health stuff no one i could talk to when i was you know being abused and my mom actually was um kind of bedridden for two years because she had um she lost her mom her mom died and then she had a miscarriage with twins all in the same year
1: oh my god Mm -hmm. physically yeah
0: (laughs) yeah she was you know and dad he's He has a visual impairment, so he gets money for that, so he was able to not work and take care of all of us, and we could live off the social security money, and, like, he was so stressed, and, like, you know, when a parent is stressed, unless they know how to deal with it, the kids are gonna, it's gonna Mm -hmm. get taken out on them, and I feel like, like, for me, it's just, like, a really sad time to remember, because... It's like my mom's out and I'm like the type of person, like I wouldn't just cry over everything. Like I just would kind of just, I think I would, I still numb out to this day. So I'm like, I think I was learning to numb out then because like I knew my mom could die. And I at one point knew my dad thought she was going to die because he like asks my grandparents in front of us if if they'll take us, if, if Steph, my mom ends up dying.
1: Oh my god, I don't
0: remember it that way, but that's how six or seven year old me remembers it. And I just like stand there and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I wasn't a heartless little bitch. I just, I think I just, I guess, was just soaking it up. I guess, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of like, well, what was wrong with me? But, but no, like, and just like. Do you care if I list examples of how my dad was? Really I
1: bad? don't care. I would love to know so I can use it as ammo when I meet him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> okay.
0: So, okay. We all got sick all as kids and he's like, "We need to take these pills so we can get well." We're six and younger. And we, except for the baby, the baby can take pills. That kid can eat and consume anything. But, you know, the middle one of me, you can't swallow pills. Mm-hmm. And we're struggling and they come, you know, they come back up. And he, okay, my dad, my parents believe in spanking. I do not believe in spanking. I'm just going to say that. Mm-hmm. But um, he was like, okay, if you, if they come back up, you're going to get spanking.
1: They well, did. I'm going to kick your ass. That's what I'm going to do.
0: <laughs> well, okay, I... Like, I've been enjoying, like, in recent days, just looking back to the kind of kid I was. Because sometimes it's like, oh, I was, I was belittled. I was made to feel small. But I was like, actually, I was kind of strong because he, like, I remember he took my arm and he's, like, dragging me to go get spanked because he's angry. And I, I would like, stop. And I, like, tried to pull out. Like, obviously, I couldn't. But I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just. You saw the
1: injustice. Yeah.
0: And I didn't need the Bible to tell me that. Mm-hmm. It I knew and I mean obviously I didn't get away, whatever. I don't remember being stanked that particular time, but I just remember the anger and like trying to escape that and I was I was trapped. And like I think that was just has been like kind of like the primary message growing up was like you're just you're trapped, mm-hmm.
2: kind of
0: thing. And then I'll throw another one in there. I remember so one thing my dad takes very seriously is like instant obedience, like you do whatever you know I mm-hmm. say. And he would sometimes treat me like a trained monkey. Like, so like a kind of thing, like as a little as a toddler, I liked to make the sound with my mouth of his motorcycle or scooter he had. And one time I'm in a mood, apparently, like I don't remember this, but dad remembers it and is proud of himself. He remembers I was in a mood and I wouldn't do it. I was just like, and so he spanked me, so I would do it. And we see that, or I see that again when I'm like seven and we're like on the floor I don't know if we were like talking or playing and he told me to say something I don't know if I was supposed to apologize for something or whatever but I guess I wasn't complaining he has like this ball in his hand that's like it's like the hard bouncy balls you know mm. It's actually from the creation museum mm.
2: nice
0: But he's like if you don't say it I'll throw it at you and we're like probably within three feet of each other I'm seven I'm this tiny I mean, like, I was a tiny child, okay? You're already so tiny! <laughs> I know. But anyway, um, I was always small for my age, but um, he, and, like, I look back, and I just can't believe my guts. I just looked at him, and I didn't say what he told me to say after he threatened me, and, of course, it it hit me in the face, and I was, like, you know, put into bed crying because I actually would cry over physical pain, but, like, I just, I don't know, just looking back and just, like. Wow, he just needed to have control, and mm-hmm. I have to know he was abused growing up. And I'm just like, apparently, I've been abused on a lesser level, and I believe it. I believe it. But I'm just like, mm, right?
1: this is I not go. the this is not the struggle Olympics. All right, we're not comparing.
0: <laughs> okay, well, that's what they always did. They're like, you've had My it. My parents so too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just I think they do, but I know. So it's just I don't know. Like, I don't know why I'm just saying all my stories that technically I don't want to remember, but I do remember, but I guess just, I guess I'm just trying to paint a picture of what parts of my life were like, because obviously it wasn't like that all the time. There was like, you know, mm-hmm. happy stuff and like, we love each other still, but it's just like it was mixed in with just almost like a tyrannicalness, I guess, maybe that's the word. Mm -hmm. and like it was the same like if i tried to speak up for my sisters if i felt like they were being mistreated i was the bad guy Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's just like it's just like little by little your voice is taken away from you and i just i guess that's why i'm always like you know fuck patriarchy and when people like don't because like like my best friend she is still evangelical and we get along and she holds space for me all the time and understands but at the same time she's she doesn't hate patriarchy, was like, she's like, i I have to take
1: charge more," you know. And I'm just kind
0: of like, "Girl, you don't. No, you, you don't. don't. Yeah." I, but- I think
1: this is important to talk about because these are the patterns of the type of people who cling on to evangelical- evangelicalism more than anybody, especially in the patriarchy. Men who want control, men who see the systems and think, "Oh, I can indoctrinate my family into this religion," and all of a sudden I'm the big dog. I'm the boss? Yeah, of course they're gonna go for it because, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, yeah. I was fortunate. My dad's not really like I mean, he does believe that man the man is the head of the household, but my dad is such a like a pacifist that he's wrapped around oh, okay. my little finger. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. But also, you know, he wants the best for his family. But still, it's like even though my dad was like that, the patriarchy still had its thumb on me because he believed it and he was okay. telling us about it it's not enough to act right if you're not teaching us right and your dad was not uh, doing neither not acting right or teaching right
0: no and he's like he's the type of person like he'll apologize i'm not saying he apologized for those specific things i talked about but um he'll apologize when he feels like he's done wrong but the thing was he'll do it again
2: mm-hmm. like, he'll lose
0: his temper again he'll lose control Like he has low self-control like I actually would say I have a lot of self-control and it's because I had mm-hmm. to like, mm-hmm. like, duh, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I had to be. And I like, it's like, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought, but um, I feel like for me growing up, it was just like, I had to die to myself all the
1: time because you just activated me, die to myself.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Sorry. I know it's a spiritual it's phrase, a good, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, 20 years of
1: therapy, does he? I know. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, no. I need more. <laughs> so no, like,
0: but I'm like, that's literally what I personally, I know people respond to trauma differently, but like, that's what I had to do. And I actually worked in preschool for a year and a half and I enjoyed it. But it was also like a job that my dad wanted me to have. Like, he wanted me working with kids because I came to him at 13 and I'm like, hey, I want to be a film director, you know? And he's like, Basically telling me, like, no, he doesn't want to see me do that. And, you know, just because basically I'm loved or felt loved at home, like, the world's not going to think I'm wonderful. Mm
2: -hmm. Which
0: now I'm just kind of like, you know, just watch me because I'm going to go get a fine art, like, a fine arts degree in film. And, like, I'm going to have boys as far as Mm -hmm. I'm concerned. So I'm just like, you know, so that's why I went back to school. But I, you know, I would go to my dad about different ideas and he would, he basically Got it around to me working with kids and I love kids, but preschool sapped me. And it, like, I feel like my identity was really getting stripped there because I, so many people, like little kids, and like, I mean, I still don't know what my favorite color is. I only recently decided what my favorite fast food place is. Like, I, the easiest thing, like, I was in public speaking class yesterday and we had to be in groups and we had to go through a list of like, Personal priorities in our lives, and they were the same items on each list. And as a group, we had to decide what ordering we could, you know, come to agreement on the, the you know, like freedom or mm-hmm. physical health. Like we had to reorder them in a way that we all agreed. And like, a part of me was like, because I wasn't agreeing with something at first, and I was like, I can, I can just die right now and just say whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just like yeah, I don't and I knew, and then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't have to die anymore. So. Obviously, I'm still definitely, like, working on stuff all the Mm freaking time, but I guess it's just the little victories. It's just, like, seeing myself in a new light and being like, no, I lost my voice once, and Mm -hmm. like, I'm not not gonna lay it down anymore, kind of a thing.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, those little victories add up until one day you wake up and realize that you don't give a fuck. It, it, like... Make it till you make it is so real. I wish I could like just emphasize that in so much to people. Like, people always ask me like, oh, how do you have such high self-esteem? And sometimes it's a little pointed like, hey, you're fat or ugly. Why do you have such high self-esteem? <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. you didn't awesome. kick him in the teeth?
1: Nah, nah. They never say it like that. I a steel that. water bottle. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, but I do have my steel water bottle. It has a handle now. I have a Stanley dupe, not a knockoff, nice. it's a dupe. Thanks, TikTok. Okay. But yeah, I, I, and I tell people all the time, it's, I, I convinced myself, my mom said I was fat and ugly. So I told myself I wasn't until I believed it. (laughs) Your mom said that? Oh, my mother, I mean, she has a lot of, she's very insecure as a person. So, and Mexican culture is just like, oh, you're fat, oh, you're skinny, or, and then your nickname becomes that. It's just so ingrained in the culture. Uh, Like, I remember not having any body issues until we were planning the wedding and I bought a wedding dress and then COVID happened and I gained weight because no shit, Sherlock, okay. Yes. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to like, I could squeeze into it and it looked all right because I hadn't gained that much weight, but I was like, I want to be comfy. And so, but I remember before I decided to buy a new dress, my family was just like, you're fat, you're fat. Are you having-? And they're like, you've gained weight. And I was like, well, I wouldn't know. I don't weigh myself. And I was like, probably not. I don't know. I don't care. And then at one point, they were just like, well, why don't you go try on your wedding dress then? And I lost my fucking mind. I was like, Ryan, let's go. Like, I just could not. I was starting to feel it. I was starting to internalize it. And I was like, I'm not going to sit here and let you guys tear me down when I've worked so hard to build myself back up. And it became a whole conflict and conversation, which is actually funny because this conflict really arose like a huge argument and i remember just saying after this long family meeting and i was like i just want to get to a point where we can just apologize for hurting each other's feelings and it goes silent and my family's like well except for my mom because she's a narcissist but everybody even my sister who we don't get along she's just like yeah i guess that's fair (laughs) you're a (laughs) yeah, <laughs> It's like, why do I have to put everything into such, like, toddler perspectives for you all to fucking get it? But
0: Because, yeah, emotionally, people yeah. are still toddlers.
1: Yeah. I mean, but faking yeah. it till you make it, it's going to add up and you're going to get to where you need to be. Believe you me. <laughs> My life was fucked up. And it's still fucked up, but I feel so much better about myself. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I think life is... Probably always a little bit fucked up. I yeah. Think. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't, like, I, like, an expectation for it to never be fucked up at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Like, I don't want to have that. But at the same time, we don't, I don't know. Maybe the aim is always less and less fucked up, like, just yeah. little by little. I don't well, I know. I mean,
1: because we were taught in evangelicalism that if your life isn't going great, then you're not right with the Lord. When it's like, no we're human beings on a shitty planet and sometimes shit happens and it sucks and it's allowed to suck and yeah we should find joy and peace and understanding whatever but we're allowed to say that this sucks and it has nothing to do with our relationship with the divine
0: yeah like we were taught that bad stuff happened because god was letting it happen to teach us something Mm -hmm. so i was like yeah i don't really think of the divine as male right now i'm just say because i have all, yeah not all males obviously but just male and like the occasional jerk.
1: it's all right i didn't hang out with women for a long time because i had mommy issues i wasn't so much yeah. a pick me girl because i mean maybe but I, I didn't like i was not like other girls but i didn't like say oh you're stupid for wearing makeup it's just like i just yeah. don't wear makeup i can't be bothered um you're
0: like i'm busy now.
1: yeah i'm sad my life is falling apart um but yeah i I really had to heal my relationship with women um after my mother (laughs) i just like got into this introspective point in my head that's so funny
2: Ah!
1: well i would love for you to tell people how you found our church i mean because not to toot my own horn, but I think that we've built a really cute little community full of ragamuffins. I mean, cause it's not, I feel like a lot of gay churches just like, or look very evangelical after the fact. And they're like, Mm -hmm. but they're cute light shows and great graphic design. And I was so over that. Mm -hmm. And then I got to this church and I was like, oh, look at this old building. I love old Mm -hmm. buildings. Look at this weird, look at the pews. Look at the- (laughs) cues are so hard yeah and i mean we're just full of highly intellectual people which is a problem i've come not a problem but like i'm trying to get normal people up in this bitch too because but how did you find us like our crazy little church
0: so i started googling and i'm guessing i was looking for affirming because i I think I looked at, like, Anglican or um, Episcopalian, but, like, just, I couldn't get over the robes. I'm sorry. I couldn't get over the robes. Oh, and- thank
1: God. You tell Bruce that on Sunday because Bruce wants us to wear fucking robes when we preach. Anyways, that's a no insider trading.
0: <laughs> mm, don't, okay, I don't, don't
1: allow me. it. I told Bruce that it's okay. not happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. No. Anyway, um, I found community. Um Mm-hmm. I forget the full name, but the Community Methodist Church in Huntington Beach, and I emailed yeah. them. Our little sister somebody. church, yep. And then they transferred me to Brian, Brian Tipton, and he gave me the information on the church, you know, the uh, the community one. But he also gave me um, information for First, and he was like, he's like, this is like a deconstruction church. A lot of people your age love it, yada yada yada. And I was like. I'm coming. And um, yeah, I, like I went once and then I tried a couple other churches. I tried a Mariner's. That was an hour of my life.
1: I'll yeah, never that sucks.
0: <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, and then I just, once I told my parents that, you know, I didn't believe in hell and all that, I was just like, I'm coming back because I need something stable in my life. Mm-hmm.
2: So
1: mm-hmm. that's,
0: yeah. kudos to Brian then for telling me about it
1: yeah i love brian so brian started off at our church and then when he got ordained to be what is it like a fucking deacon or something i don't know how, i i think well he's a reverend like when you're in ordained you become a reverend but you have different jobs so he's like a deacon right. or something i don't know i'm not i should know about the methodist church but i don't because we're mm-hmm. just such a weird methodist church yeah. um and he does like interconnect this is what i really appreciate about where we go to church is like one of the many things is that brian is in four different churches technically so one sunday
2: mm-hmm. a month
1: at each church or whatever and we kind of he kind of does things based on like personality like if mm-hmm. somebody's looking for a more traditionally methodist place that isn't as woo-hoo as we are then yeah. you'll he'll direct them accordingly but Um, then if you need something like a deconstructed community full of young people and old people because that's cute to see too, like intergenerational. I love old people. Oh my gosh, me too. I love Bruce is my best friend. I'm gonna tell him that on Sunday. Bruce, we're best friends, even though he doesn't tell me shit because he's so secretive.
0: (laughs) He's so cute. I think little old guys are so cute. I hope he doesn't listen to your podcast.
1: Oh, he probably doesn't. And if he does, hi Bruce. That's how I greet him every Sunday. Hi Bruce. Um, I think he oh, likes that's it. That a, that's, I te- a Jesse, that's a
0: little creepy. Josie has a little creepy.
1: I know it's creepy. That's yeah. why I do it because I like to creep out Bruce. I like to creep you know, out. You, old prob- white men. <laughs>
0: you, you probably could get a role on some type of film. Like, call me in a few years. I can probably cast you something. Oh. That voice. The voice. Like, I can't get over your voice. So,
1: if you ever need a crazy bitch, I can act real crazy. I have no shame.
0: Woo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna keep your number
1: yeah we should do um yeah when you're rich and famous and leave us that's great i love it well no i'm not
0: gonna leave you guys you and I like leave, help, that's fine so. <laughs> well i don't want to are you telling me right. to leave? huh are you telling me to leave
1: no i'm just i oh, i'm okay. leaving the world open to you if you need to go live in paris go live in paris you know that's none of my business watch us yeah. online <laughs> i don't know if there's a lot of film in paris i don't know why i said paris
0: atlanta yeah. i don't know yeah
1: but- anyway yeah, I, mean, I get you. Yeah. I um actually we should do film stuff for the church. You should help me with that. Because uh-huh. I'm trying to yeah. make things fancier. <laughs> yeah, just yeah.
0: Talk
1: to me. Anyways, enough church talk, but I'm curious what is it like for you at the beginning of your journey back into church and in a deconstruction space? What what are the feelings that are coming up for you?
0: Like when I'm in church, like at first or
1: yeah, now that you're back like i mean i went through a period of like why the fuck am i here i hated church but i love this stupid little church. i was very conflicted so what like how do you feel coming back
0: i feel good i feel a real sense of peace when i'm at first united and i can't get over communion because we did not do communion like that personal at the church i came from we the cups and we all mm-hmm. stayed seated like i i can't get over us all going up and all you know using the same bread same cup and all that but um yeah i feel i just feel at peace while i'm there and yeah okay i don't do that great in crowds so i'm, I'm working on that but um and like something i do is when we do you guys do like worship like i'm standing there and i'm like reading the words and i'm like deciding if i agree with the words <laughs> so,
1: oh we do that all the time girl don't you worry yeah. <laughs> we invent like, the songs yeah.
0: <laughs> like well yeah i'm like well actually we're not wretches are <laughs> you just yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. well i can have my own opinion whatever nice music but yeah i don't know it just feels good like i like i i've never like and it didn't go through a time where i just didn't go to church at all i didn't do that but um. I think it's important for me to have something where i can you know feel grounded in community because mm-hmm. like i can isolate like i'm a really good isolator and i can keep myself happy on youtube and books but <laughs> um it's not healthy and then yeah then the hug deprivation really really sinks in <laughs> so mm-hmm. i'm just like yeah you know like that's one of the things because I've deconstructed this past year, so, like, Mm -hmm. from January, you know, so, 11 months, and, like, that, like, I'm just, like, kind of left with, like, a feeling of, like, hug deprivation or needing to be held, because, like, I didn't feel close to my parents for, like, so long, and it's, like, yeah, they still love me, but they were kind of putting me through hell, Um, through, like, family devotions, like, that is, like, Talking about stuff that I need to hear, but it's directed at the group, Mm. and so just like living in fear of that, I just really like kind of emotionally separated from them, which was hard because it's like they're your parents. Yeah, it's hard because because they're your parents, you know, and it's like and you, it was kind of like going against everything i tried to do because i always would try to keep peace and i'd like like because I, I can know like i can be the one in the room who knows that my sister or my mom shouldn't have said something because i'm like how can they be so stupid obviously that was going to set dad off but they <sighs> just say it's like they don't yeah. think and i'm like the one who's hyper aware and i'm just kind of like okay mm-hmm. i don't know where i was going what anymore but um yeah church is good i like being in church where i met and I wouldn't want to be in church
1: anywhere else yeah that's kind of how I'm at if this church church doesn't work out for me which it is I don't know like you saying that I'm just like if this doesn't work out I'm never going back Why would you been there for a while I fucking run the place and I'm like if this one doesn't work out (laughs)
0: yeah if it doesn't work out I think it might close for a while until they can rehire
1: yeah if it if it doesn't work out it's probably my fucking fault because i did some stupid shit i don't know i just always it's like when ryan and i if we ever joke about getting divorced he's just like well if we get divorced it's gonna be your fault and i was like how dare you know that is true
0: (laughs) how dare you speak truth into my life
1: because lord knows even if he's the one that cheats on me i'm gonna be the one that says fuck you i'm not working on this you know it's gonna be my fault it's fine i've accepted it um yeah this has been great yeah I also like just hanging out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I like, once I start hanging out with one person, yeah, I'm good. Put me in a group and I'm like, <gasps> well, I don't have loud panic attacks. They just happen in my head. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel the same. I have a lot of social anxiety, which people don't generally believe me. Um, which is fun, because I so identify with you being hug-deprived because in college, it was mm-hmm. always a big fucking joke that Josie, don't touch Josie. She doesn't like to be touched. And i remember like hugging people when they graduated and they were like oh my god i'm getting a hug it was like this huge emotional moment for my friends
0: she's <laughs> like wow josie I, so you know I know yeah
1: you know, and she now, did me now my best friend like will sit really close to me on the couch and like will touch shoulders and she just feels so giddy like ee! and i'm like you can cuddle me i'm over it you can cuddle me now
0: you're like i'm 28
1: now i'm so Yay. mature you know? so mature although Physical touch is definitely not my love language and Ryan is. It is his love language. Oh, and it's sorry. It's an issue for him. Bummer. Yeah, that's my dad's.
0: My dad's is physical touch. So like he's trying to have like a touching conversation with me and he's holding my hands and his hands are cold. I'm just sitting there like passively, like, I don't want to do that to you,
1: right? Yeah, don't touch me, bitch. Don't t- I like, hate I'm, that. like
0: I'm like I'm mad at like is it because I'm like still like have issues or whatever. Oh kind
1: of, absolutely. He doesn't do- yeah. I mean my parents are always like You don't hug us, and I was like, "You didn't hug me, okay?" Like, um, they always
0: hugged me. It's not not that they didn't hug me; they did.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure my parents hugged me when I was a kid, but like, once you hit your kids, you don't get you don't get to hug your kids. Like,
0: oh, really? Because it's supposed to be spank gum that's hitting them, and then they're supposed to give you a hug. Isn't that so perverted? Yeah,
1: I hate it. It's yes, it is. It's stupid. I'm like, you can't be an aggressor and want affection. Sorry. It's so satanic. This one's satanic. Amen. Amen, girl. Satan all up in that bitch. Even though we don't believe yeah. in. <laughs> Why? Even though I don't believe in him. <laughs> I don't yeah, believe like the devil. <laughs>
0: it's like there's like the teaching too. Like it could just be like it's a force of evil. So like exactly.
1: That's what I I believe in the forces of evil. I just I don't. I can't be bothered.
0: Yeah, like my family was not it. stuff but when i started rebelling which was just me making decisions for my own life this we started talking about satan a whole bunch and satan getting a hold in our life and wow my dad actually prayed for satan to be bound because yeah. i said no
1: yeah fuck that funny uh, oh my gosh well you're gonna have to come back on the podcast and okay. we're gonna have to do this again um okay. we should do some like deep dive research kind of podcast together i feel like that'd be Ooh. cute maybe something film related yeah. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start dreaming up. Well, yeah. um, is there anything you wanna plug? Do you want to people able to follow you on Instagram? If not, that's yeah. cool too, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like them to follow me, yeah.
1: Um, Hell yeah, that's right. You build that following girl.
0: Yeah, no, Um. Uh, so do I like do my username or my like yeah. actual
1: name? No, like your user, like- what's your username, yeah. So well, can
0: savannah, um, well okay i'm like i'm confused which is which but like so it's savannah thomas but underneath that is like savannah unleashed so
1: yeah savannah unleashed would be the handle yeah mm-hmm.
0: okay so savannah unleashed all one word
1: yeah she does great videos friends so you should go watch them. oh you watch them what do you mean do you, you followed me then i followed you back and you well, what I do you know mean watching,
0: i didn't know if you're watching my videos yeah, and I'm like, which ones have you seen? And I'm like, what did you watch
1: me do? I mean, I've seen probably most of them at this point. Yeah, what, what? the hell? I don't post it you on like, Instagram thinking nobody watches them. Of course people are watching them. Well,
0: well I mean, I didn't know you were watching my
1: Instagram videos. So oh now I'm like, God. oh. Why is that so weird? <laughs> I don't know. Because I, I have a I podcast?
0: No, because I grew up in the backwoods and I
1: don't know. Oh, uh, I get that was
0: And I started an Instagram without permission, so I was bad.
1: Oh, okay. I understand. Okay, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay, that makes a lot of sense why you didn't know what your handle was. Okay, you're still new to the game. I like it then. I love that. Yeah, you're doing great. For somebody that's new to the game, you're killing it.
0: Thanks.
1: (laughs) All right. I was, yeah, I get it. I mean, you watch my shit, don't you?
0: Well, yeah, but you knew I was because I was hitting like and commenting. So you're like, you're doing your, like, you detective
1: Oh, sorry. I just scroll. Okay. <laughs> I'm really bad at liking it. Co- I'm trying to get better at that actively because apparently it's great for the algorithm or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ugh, I have to comment on things. Why? So uh, I'll get better at it.
0: Okay.
1: I'm just going to go through and like all your videos now.
0: <laughs> oh, no. My phone's going to go off. Well,
1: so thank you in advance. Yeah. Yeah. I love it all right well follow savannah guys you can follow us at speaking in church or me i guess i should say um i'm at josie takes the world that's my less inter- interesting instagram it's a lot of dog content but if you like dogs i got my puppies up in that bitch um we got a tip jar we got merch buy it for your family members that are evangelical and piss them off uh yeah that's it Stay woke or get woke, friends, please. For the love of all that is good and holy. Bye!
0: This has been an Irreverent Media Podcast.